I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is overtime. It is 106.7 The Fan. Scott Jackson with it. We're here till about, well, like 7, or not 7, what am I saying? Dear Lord. 9.40-ish, 9.45, Ben Raby will be on uh, with Capitals Radio. Uh, the pregame show for you and uh, Ben good enough to join us right now via the BetQL guest hotline bet smarter beat the books download the BetQL app today Ben how are you doing tonight buddy good Scott kudos to you job well done on the weekend eh Oh, thank you, my friend. That was a lot of fun. That was a, uh, as you say, the old bucket list mo- moment. <laughs> well that done. Was, thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, undefeated with you on the call. <laughs> that's right. I'm retiring undefeated, Ben. <laughs> back no to, Wally Pips here. That's right. Back, back to uh, just post-gaming at halftime. Uh, but yeah, that was, it was cool, man. A different, different perspective for sure. It was fun. All right. So the Capitals, I was... Um, was looking at this today. I, I had no idea this was a th- you know th- that this was about to happen until I, I saw somebody ask Bruce Boudreau about it. But <laughs> apparently, Alex Ovechkin can pass Wayne Gretzky tonight. Well, for road <laughs> goals, for road goals. Sorry, for road goals. All right, I'm being a wise guy. Obviously, still got a hundred and three to go to pass him or to tie him. But uh, the road goals thing is is close. So I didn't realize Gretzky was getting fat at home all those years. You know what's funny, Scott? No, I'm being serious yeah. here. In all seriousness, you mentioned like this one, you know, you had thought about it or just yeah. lo and behold, you, you noticed it. Scott, I'm telling you, every week there's like another milestone, another benchmark that Ovechkin hits. The records, the, yeah. I mean, they have statistics for everything, and this isn't totally obscure. It is of note, most road goals in NHL history. So you're right, it's on tap. He's one behind Gretzky. 402 goals on the road would tie the NHL record and pretty balanced from Ovi because uh, yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what the home number is but if he's at 401 on the road and he's uh, 791 total what is that the 390 right at home yeah, yes yeah, look at you you're faster than me pretty, I was just doing it pretty uh, it's almost even you're right Gretzky man that's that's slacker getting getting fat on home goals. Eh? Yeah, all those years, all the home ice Gretzky, home ice guy. He didn't he didn't travel, uh, but yeah, and that's great. And then of course you know he's only ten away from Gordy Howe for the two spot as well, uh, which is exciting. I mean, look, I, I think you and I discussed this at the end of last season, especially when all those injuries when they came out of the air with thinking the guys were getting off season surgeries. You know, Nicholas Backstrom situation that, uh, you know, really this goal chase. Is kind of be, going to be front and center the storyline with this team uh, as they move on this year and then obviously into next season as well. Yeah, and best case scenario, of course, would be if 
the gold chase coincides with some victories along the way. It hasn't necessarily gone that way so far this season, but to Alex Ovechkin's credit, he continues to chug along and continues to find the back of the net at a pretty good rate. He's not a top the goal-scoring leaderboard league-wide this year, but already hitting double digits and uh, you know doing it at even strength, doing it on the power play, etc. So, yeah, the, the numbers, the milestones, they're, they're there. And we, we were actually joking a few weeks ago, myself and some colleagues who cover the team as well, saying that after all these years of, you know, he passes this Hall of Famer and that Hall of Famer, it's like a first-world hockey problem here, but he's going to pass Gordie Howe. It's going to still be a little while till you get to yeah. number 99, till you get to Gretzky. But, no, as he, as he continues to, to chase the uh, all-time 894, uh, man, just I, I tell folks, don't take it for granted. And, no. You know, you go, to, you go to a game, you go to a Capital One Arena on a quote-unquote random Tuesday in January. You know, they don't award the Stanley Cup in January, but you get to see Alex Ovechkin, and you never know when he's going to pop off for three goals in a game. So, man, we've just been uh, – it's been a privilege to have been uh, – been, been part of chronicling that, that journey for the last decade plus here. Uh, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I think people really, I mean, and I think most people do. I mean, obviously there's diehard, I mean, diehard fans that go, that building is still the most electric place to be in town for a sporting event, uh, despite, you know, the struggles this year. But they've been good at home. I mean, that, that's the thing. And, and we're talking about them tonight being on the road on this road trip in Vancouver. I mean, the road formula, you know, has has been rough. I mean, only two wins yeah. outside of D.C. so far this year. I mean, what what do you see when you watch these games? What has been the difference home versus road? What has gotten them in trouble? Well, I'll tell you what, pointing to the road, they, they've lost six in a row now on the road. Ooh. And one of the things with this team over the past few years, they've actually been a very good road team. The previous three years combined, they had the best road record in the NHL the previous three seasons combined. And one of the things, it's almost a little cliche, but I do believe there's truth in this, Scott, is when you go on on the road, a veteran team, as the Capitals have been for the past few years, you go on the road, it's just a business trip. You go there, you're not looking for style points. Sure. Maybe you play a quote-unquote greasy game, as T.J. Oshie described it earlier this season. And what has happened over the past few weeks, certainly, they've lost six in a row on the road, nine of 11 to begin the year. They've fallen behind in a lot of these road games. In fact, during this six-game road losing streak, they've allowed the first goal in all six games. And in many instances, they've allowed the first two or three goals in, in these games. And they've fallen behind. And when you fall behind, Scott, you tend to open things up. You tend to cheat the game a little bit more. And what the Capitals have prided themselves on over the years in that road success is being able to play more of a defensive-minded, conservative style. You jump out to an early lead, and basically you clamp down from there. And this year, they've had struggles on the road. This six-game road losing streak I referenced, they've been outscored 10 nothing in first periods. So what has happened is they haven't put themselves in a very good position yeah. to sit back and, and play that road-friendly style, which, which they've benefited from over the previous few seasons. So that, that, that's certainly a contributing factor and one that uh, bears watching tonight, by the way, against the Canucks team that has scored first in six straight from their perspective. So that's what they're up against tonight. Yeah, and uh, Bruce Boudreaux, of course, uh, is, is got them playing a lot better, right? They were struggling uh, for a stretch, and it, and it looks like uh, suddenly, like he tends to do, he's got them turning it around. Yeah, they've won five of their last six. You're right. They had a rough start to the season, a seven-game losing streak to begin the year, but they seem to have settled down. 
They're coming off a 3-0 and road trip, road wins in Denver against the Avalanche, in Vegas against the Golden Knights, tough environments to win. So, no, they're playing well. Uh, they're scoring goals in bunches. They have one of the NHL's top power plays. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a much different Vancouver Canucks team than the one the Capitals beat in late October here. Ben Raby with us, Washington Capitals radio host. You'll hear him around uh, 945 tonight here on 106.7 The Fan, Capitals Radio Network, as you get ready to take on the Vancouver Canucks. All right, I saw over the last few weeks uh, the return of skating uh, for Tom Wilson and obviously Nicholas Backstrom. Anything new with those two players in terms of return, and uh, do you see one being more realistic than the other to, to get back on the ice soon? Yeah, the more realistic as far as time frame is Tom Wilson. It's certainly uh, a far more long-term situation for Nicholas Backstrom. There's some hope that later on this year he could potentially return, but Tom Wilson is the one that the company line going back to the summer has been, you know, maybe by Christmas time, maybe early January. But but that's the hope. Uh, To be honest, Scott, before the season began, given that time frame, I had looked at this road trip, a six-game road trip for the Capitals here in early December, and thought to myself, hmm, maybe that's the type of trip that if Tom Wilson isn't ready to play just yet, maybe he joins the team on the trip. That's usually a sign that the return is imminent, you're getting closer, you're you're ramping up, you're practicing with your teammates, etc., and Tom Wilson isn't on this road trip. So, you know, not not to get too alarmed just yet, uh, it just means he's maybe not ahead of schedule. And look, Tom Wilson acknowledged when we spoke to him in the preseason that, uh, you know, he's going to have to save himself, you know, from himself here. In other words, he would be more than happy to come back early and hurry back. But we're talking about a significant injury, the torn ACL. So he's, uh, you know, the doctor's giving him the, the proper advice and following the proper time frame. And I think they're leaning towards the more conservative rather than rushing him back, given the, the value and the long term, you know, expectations and, and hopes from him. Certainly. Uh, obviously, as things stand right now, the Capitals are on the outside looking in in, in terms of being a, a playoff team. Do you think as they are constituted right now, without obviously getting Tom Wilson back and some more help potentially, uh, that they can make, you know, improve enough to get into to get into that top eight to, to get in? Well, certainly the the health will help and the return of Wilson and the return of Dmitry Orlov on the back end and, you know, different pieces that they're looking to to have rejoin them. They've been very, very shorthanded. But I do think, Scott, that they do need some more from the players who have been in the lineup over the past few weeks. Uh, You know, you think back to a year ago, they also had injury issues at the start of the year. It was different. It wasn't apples to apples, but they were severely right. shorthanded at the start of last season. And one of the big storylines was that Evgeny Kuznetsov was doing heavy lifting and he was playing really, really well, arguably the best we had seen from him since the 2018 Cup run. And there is another level in his game, I believe, that we have yet to see this year with consistency. And I think lower down the depth chart, not a household name, but Anthony Mantha is another player as far as a guy who has 20, 25 goal potential, has shown glimpses, is paid handsomely as far as the forwards are concerned. Someone else, those two players, we said it in the preseason, they're wild cards. Oftentimes as they go, so go the Capitals. And especially when you're without Backstrom, when you're without Wilson, when you were missing TJ Oshie for as long as they were, I think there's answers in-house. There's players in-house who the Capitals need more of, who are capable of delivering more. 
And, uh, you know, in addition to the return of some injured bodies, I think there's players already on the roster who have been playing who could deliver a little bit more based on expectations and, and based on track record as well, based on what they've shown in the past. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see because, I mean, boy, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's been a while, right, <laughs> since we haven't had a, a playoff, a oh, bare yeah. minimum playoff team, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been once in the last 15 years. You have to oh, yeah. go back to 2014, that one wow. season. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a rarity, that's for sure. And not only getting in the playoffs, Scott, but it's been rare that they've really had to scratch and claw their way for a playoff right. berth. Uh, even last year, uh, last year they were the second wild card team, but last year there was such a gap between the final playoff team and, you know, the ninth place team in the conference. Uh, they really haven't had too many instances where, you know, they've had to scratch and claw their way sure. into, you know, into April and, and play those late season games with so much at stake. Yeah, it's it's been interesting uh, for sure. And, you know, look, I mean, go, again, the way the last season ended and then with those injuries, you kind of had a feeling it might might be a tough go of it to start the season. But as you pointed out, I mean, the uh, the Orlov injury certainly isn't helping matters and some of the other things going on. So see if they can turn it around tonight. Obviously, Vancouver uh, need to get a road win against their old friend Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux would be a nice way to start it. Uh, we'll listen to you at 945. Ben, thanks so much. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Always good talking. Appreciate it. You coming on. All right. Ben Raby, Capitals uh, radio host. I'll uh, be up with you uh, coming up uh, at uh, 945 here on 106.7 The Fan. You're home of the Capitals. All right. Let's do this. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll get back into some of this uh, football conversation, American football, that is, uh, with the commanders. And then at 9, I want to uh, shift to football, uh, the variety that we call soccer in this country because uh, World Cup today it was hard stopping at times it was it was, it was ne- it's never easy for the Americans but it was great they moved on uh, they're into the knockout round now not easy Netherlands Saturday morning uh, we'll get to that Lou Holder's going to join us former collegiate soccer stud and Alexi Lawless's old teammate Lexi's great on the coverage, too, on Fox. So we'll get to Lou uh, coming up at 9. But back to some commander's calls and conversation next, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. It's uh, overtime. Scott Jackson with here, uh, always streaming live on the free Odyssey app as well. All right, it's overtime here on uh, 106.7 The Fan. We're uh, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Thank you to Ben Raby for joining us, talking uh, Caps hockey again, 945. Ben will have you set for um, Caps and the Canucks. Uh, be sure to uh, check them out at that point. All right, so we'll get to uh, the World Cup at 9 with Lou Holder um, as well. Uh, Lou will uh, break it all down with us, his thoughts on what's happened so far. I'm fascinated by this. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't fall like many of you do. I really don't. I mean, I just, you know, I jump in, you know, big events. I'm like a front runner. You know, I'm a complete front runner with this stuff. I was jumping into the thing. I watched, you know, a lot of the uh, qualifying and all that, but I don't know. I mean, it's amazing to me how many people hate our coach. I just, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. They just destroy this guy all the time. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Lou about it, but maybe it's just because I'm on, you know, I, maybe it's just the Twitter people. I'm not sure, but it seems like everyone is crushing this guy. I mean, you know, they did win the game. I mean, I don't know, but like my, my, um, I call my soccer friends. Um, they seem to be really passionate about hating on our coach. So, 
I'm fascinated by it. So I'll get the Lou will explain it to me. He'll 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 te- he'll coach me up on that on what what I'm missing. I don't know. But anyhow, so it's weird. It's definitely weird. Hopefully, uh, yeah, it'd be a huge upset to be Netherlands, but yeah, it'd be cool to keep going on. It would be nice. Be nice if they could get there. We'll see. All right. So back to some of the commander stuff here. Um, you know, we were talking about Heineke earlier, and you know, clearly they need to do better uh, in terms of throwing the football. I don't think you go to Wentz, but I do think it, there might be a crossroads moment for, for Ron Rivera where he might have to think about it. Uh, I, hopefully he doesn't have to do it. You know, I hope he doesn't have to do it. I hope he gets to stick it out with the kid. Um, you know, an off season's the off season. There's going to be some interesting stuff there. I'm like a lot of you. I'm curious as hell about how, because I saw some like elements of Heineke in him, in terms of like the game, you know, like the gamer in him, you know, like a competitive guy, you know, pesky, <laughs> a little bit of an underdog too. Not the biggest guy. Uh, I used to say this watching the, the three quarterbacks at training camp a lot. I, I thought it was like Carson Wentz brought his kids to work, you know, because he was so much bigger than them. Um, you know, when when he stood next to them, it was crazy how much like a different size person he was from them. But obviously, you know, only get you so far how tall you are. You know, how much bigger you are. But definitely the biggest arm of all of them. But but Hal's got a big arm, a pretty big arm too. I mean, Hal's Hal can whip it. But at the same time, you know, preseason's preseason. You can't get too crazy about it. There was, like I said, there was some good stuff. You know, the problem is a lot of the guys you're you're going against, in his case, were people that were going to eventually be, you know, not in the NFL. I mean, not even playing football anymore. So that's safe to look at it. And what we don't know, and, like, we all can say, hey, I love them at Carolina, I love them here, well, and there. You just don't know behind the scenes, like, what's going on. Like, what, how much work is he getting with the ones, how much he knows about the playbook, how how ready would he really be if he ever got in the game. And look, it just, you know, you might have to have, you might have to throw him out there at some point. What I've always been the most impressed with about Taylor is when he's had to go in and sudden change is how well he's been able to handle it and with short prep and, and short reps. That's what's been good. But it's weird because, like, the more rep, he's gotten more reps in his life over these last couple seasons with the ones, and he's got more weapons around him at his disposal. But it just you just haven't seen the progress as much as you would have hoped at this point. You know, I mean, it's great that he loves Terry and loves the feet and the ball, but, you know, these, there's there are a lot of options for him at his disposal. There's only so many plays, you know. There's only so many plays, and again, so many passes now because they're running the crap out of the football. I mean, 37 times a game, second in the NFL at this point. But those are the things, and I do think this. I do think defenses and teams have kind of taken away some of the things he does well. I think they, I I, do, I can say this for certainty. The Vikings game, they had a they had a linebacker watching him. I mean, they, they definitely weren't going to let him scramble up the middle. Um, there's been some other games I've watched. And I've said, "Wow, you know, is that a, you know, is he just trying to be careful, trying to minimize taking hits? You know, maybe he needs to play a little bit more reckless abandon, if you will." As he, there was a stretch last year where he was kind of going through that, right? Like where they were in his, you know, they were telling him, "Hey, you can't take so many hits, Taylor." So he kind of stopped doing it, and then he stopped running. And then there was that Packers game where he was just out there, just balling. But he makes, you know, the boneheaded play on the one yard line where he, you know, he gives himself up and they don't get in. But overall, that game, there was a lot of good there. And he like 90 yards rushing and this kind of thing. I'm just – what I'm curious about is, like, is the lack of scrambling in part because the way the defenses are playing him? Uh, or is it more so 
a bit, you know, I don't want to say a business decision, but it kind of is, right? It is kind of a business. You want to be the starter. You want to stay starting. You don't want to put yourself in harm's way. Uh, maybe, again, they're telling them, don't run as much, you know, dump it off, you know. If you're on the run and you're running out of the, you know, scrambling drill, you know, scramble drills, throw it. I mean, look, he, he made the right decision on the scramble this past weekend where he's going to his right, you know, he tries to fit it to Terry in the end zone. He just didn't get his feet set right. And, his, and that's the thing that's frustrating. The mechanics, I think, hurt him. Uh, he's got to have better mechanics maybe, and that's what hurts him at times because he doesn't have the world's strongest arm clearly. Uh, you know, that hurts him when the ball sails or, you know, he doesn't get it where he needs to go. And I know he worked with somebody this offseason, but you just, you know, I thought I saw it early in the preseason. I thought I saw it in a couple of the games even. I thought that Kansas City game, like there was that one rip he threw to uh, Sims in, the, in the touch. And I thought, wow, man, his arm looks a little bit more alive. But just haven't seen it since, you know, just haven't seen it since uh, as frequently. I mean, he threw a dime in that Packer game, you know, and obviously the one in the Eagles game as well. Like to see at least one or two shots a game. I mean, if you're not throwing downfield a couple times a game, you're really, you know, you're missing opportunities because they want to throw the flag. I mean, the, the, these guys are so ready to throw the freaking flag on, on defensive PI. They just want to do it for you. You can get chunk plays that way. So that's the only thing I'll, I'll be curious to see as they move forward here if they do that. And again, I think the Giants, you know, this is a team you can probably ground and pound on. I mean, this is way you can play with them. I'm more concerned going into this weekend probably about the defense, you know, and, man, Daniel Jones. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, you know, why, 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 why Daniel Jones has been such a problem for the commanders slash Washington football team slash Washington Redskins. And we'll get to a little bit of that coming up. But Daniel Jones, if you didn't know, you're going to know coming up in the next segment has been a pain in the ass uh, for this franchise. We'll talk about that coming up next. It is overtime. Scott Jackson with you here, 106.7 The Fan, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. All right, it is uh, overtime here on uh, 106.7 The Fan. The commanders for the Giants this weekend. It's this goofy um, schedule that we, we have uh, with – you know, the Giants this week, bye week Giants again, uh, this week up in New Jersey, then back at FedEx. And, and here's the other goofy thing. And this is my, like, one of these, you know, like, selfish media guy things. But, you know, we don't know when the game is yet. It's either the 18th or possibly the 17th because they haven't decided yet because of, you know, so what the NFL does, man. They hold you hostage this time of year. Hopefully by – I believe it's next week we'll know because I just saw today or just a few minutes ago, like literally a few minutes ago, the NFL announced the Week 11 flex, uh, which is going to be the Dolphins and Chargers at 820 on Sunday the 11th. And um, that will also um, be the week that they move the uh, Chiefs and Broncos because the Broncos are so terrible. The Broncos were set up to be on primetime all the time. I mean, Russell Wilson, oh, my God, it's been terrible. I mean, think about that. I mean, we can think about you can be mad about Carson Wentz not working out here and then giving up a second or third rounder, two third rounders is what it'll end up being. He's not going to get the second. You know, they're not going to give the second, thankfully. Um, this year, it doesn't look like, barring a miracle. Um, but at least they didn't go all in on Russell Wilson, right? Like, didn't give up like three ones and what have you, and then it paid him all that money. Because I hate to say it, but like all the whispers you heard, in, and I like Russell Wilson, but all the whispers you heard in Seattle about him the last couple of years, man, they seem to be coming to roost right now. I mean, I honestly thought Pete Carroll was like either stoned or uh, suffering from dementia when he kept talking about, 
you know, their quarterback situation and how confident he was in Geno Smith. I was like, this guy's BSing us or what? Does he think we're all stupid? But no, man, you know, Geno's had a really good year. I mean, they're out on the outside looking in right now in terms of the playoffs, but they are been a heck of a lot better than you would have thunk. That's for sure. And I think the same can be said of, um, you know, same frankly can be said of, of the of the Falcons. You know, getting rid of Matt Ryan, I think people assumed that that was going to be a uh, – meaning that they were going to be like picking in the top five. But no, I mean, they've, they've again found a formula. They've stuck with it uh, with Mariota, and it's, and it's worked. I mean, he's terrific at the, you know, the RPOs. I mean, he's very deceptive, very good. All right, you know who's been very deceptive against the Washington franchise? guy named Daniel Jones. As my friend Fred Smooth likes to say, he's got such a regular name, he shouldn't be any good. But against this team he is. It doesn't make sense because he's pretty lousy against everybody else. Four games, or five, excuse me, five games against the Commanders. Not the Commanders. He doesn't play the Commanders yet. A little pet peeve of mine. I know it's silly. Five games against Washington. This will be his first against the Commanders. Five games against Washington. He's 4-1, and one, but he's 68% completion. Now, this year... That's like where he is. I mean, he's having a career year. Shocker, Brian Dable having a career year with him. But he's not been good normally. Uh, nine touchdowns of his three picks throwing the football. He's got a 100.4 quarterback rating. And again, 4-1. and one. Uh, The only loss was last year in that game that was a shootout that Taylor Heineke led the commanders back in. And, of course, the famous Dexter Lawrence offside that gave um, them the second shot of the field goal. That was still Dustin Hopkins, I believe, at that point. Anyway, then you fast forward um, to the other part of him that's killed the, the Washington uh, defenses is his running. 95 yards rushing in the game at FedEx last year. Uh, 74 yards rushing in a game in 2018, or excuse me, 2020 on uh, October 18th. That was the COVID year. The I believe that was the first or second. That was the first matchup against Washington that year. The one up there... Uh, in New Jersey. And I believe that was a Ron Rivera going for two game that didn't work out and they lost 20-19. to 19. People crushed him for that. They lost two games to the Giants that year and still made the playoffs. It was such a strange year. Um, for more than one reason. And then in 2019, 24-3, and that was the, you know, the year, the end of uh, Gruden, uh, and then the 41-35 to 35 game, the shootout at uh, FedEx Field. He had five touchdowns to no picks. And again, this was at a moment where this guy was so terrible. And yet he just just tore them up. So even though they don't have the weapons uh, at their disposal that they started the season with because they've had injuries, I would not by any means be really comfortable uh, with this game. One of the things that does make you feel a little bit good is, you know, the Giants, even though they've tried to improve their offensive line, he's been sacked a lot. He's been sacked 33 times uh, this season. So 33 sacks – third most in the NFL right now. And obviously this defensive line has been very good. This defensive line has been, you know, feasting on teams. The tackles have been great. So that's a little bit different. But they got a healthy Saquon Barkley. Remember last year when they played Washington in week two in that that primetime game? Barkley was just, you know, he was on a pitch count. And he was having a good night. I mean, he he was having a very good night. He averages hundred almost 100 yards a game in his five career games against Washington. 96.8. Two biggest games in his career came against this team. Career high, 189 in, again, 2019, which is a horrendous team. And also 2018, 170. But he's had some big moments against Washington. So 
I would be, you know, that, that's, you know, again, a little uneasy. You can't go up there and throw up on yourselves. I mean, you can't go up there and turn the ball over um, and give them opportunities. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they threw the ball to the Giants a couple times on Thanksgiving Day, which made that game a lot more interesting than it needed to be. You know, it really did. Gave it, made it way more interesting than it needed to be. It shouldn't have been. Because, again, the Giants, they're missing people. They, they're not completely, you know, they're, they've already, you know, for a lot of people, they've already done more than anyone expected for their fan base. I mean, I've talked to my friends that are Giants fans. They're like, oh, my God, this is house money at this point. Like, yeah. Shouldn't talk that way. I mean, you got a chance to make the playoffs. But right now, all the teams in the NFC East would be in the playoffs, which is kind of bonkers. I don't know if you can hold up that way because, again, New York appears to be leaking oil, but a win over Washington, man, suddenly you got oxygen. Um, but it is, you know, it's tight. I mean, this is – I think this one is the real important one for the commanders. Going into the bye, get it out get it out of the way. Get it done. Get you to eight. Meaning you come out of the bye if you can just at least get two – you can split your final four games – you know, the math gets much easier. But you lose this one, it's going to be a long couple of weeks with that bye. You know, the questions, you know, depending on how the game is played as to what maybe needs to be adjusted, this, that, and the other. And I would imagine, you know, once they get back in tomorrow, we're going to hear a lot more about it, but whether or not Chase Young is going to be active this week, I don't know if this is the week for it. I mean, I think at this point, kick it, kick it down the road for another two weeks because of the bye – this field has been horrendous on players, as uh, we know. I mean, John Mara is talking about, you know, talking to players uh, about this new surface, you know, for next season, like what they want, um, because there's been so many injuries here that they're going to tear it out. Mellow Stadium, you know, they're just, just making – you know, the NFLPA is not happy with it. Um, nobody's happy with it, but it's weird. So they talked about – changing the surface but it's not going to be grass which is kind of goofy um the players around the nfl and the nflpa itself has requested they switch to grass and there's been so many injuries over the last few years but they said they're going to re- evaluate it um but they have not committed to doing grass they're going to replace the field in 2023 they're reviewing proposals so i don't know i mean it, it there has been a lot of proof that grass is obviously safer and better for you uh, than this field turf. You know, field turf is better than the old AstroTurf for sure. I mean, it's no question it's better than the old turf as well. But they they had issues there in the past um, at Giants Stadium, which is in the same parking lot essentially, in the late 90s and it went to grass. Um, you know, much like the, we, we had it here clearly for many seasons in, in FedEx at Landover where it was horrendous. And this year, as I said, I mean, over the weekend, and I continue to say it this week, I mean, kind of underreported with all the complaining about other things. Is that, you know, the field held up really good. It's better. I mean, it was better last year too. But, like, this year there's there's real proof that that field is in great shape. And the, the Falcons are wearing all white, you know, and there's no grass stains. There's no there's no paint stains. I mean, they're, they're you know, you're watching this game and you're like, okay, well, that field's pretty solid. It was like a, you know, quarter inch of rain or whatever the hell it ended up being. So it was kind of uh, refreshing to see the field, you know, hold up well. But not so much in, in New Jersey with the Giants and Jets Stadium. And, you know, they're saying they're going to get input from players, whatever that means. 
anyway, this is a big weekend of the NFL um, because Deshaun Watson's back. And, of course, this is that tacky thing the NFL did where they're going to let him play in Texas in the, against the Texans for his first game back. I mean, again, when they when they saw the when they saw the the schedule, I mean, and when they you know counted out the suspension, I mean, the fact that anybody didn't just say, "Hey, wait a minute, we're either gonna have to cut this down a game or extend it a game." There's no way in Hades we should allow this to happen in Houston, but yet it did because that's the NFL. That's the NFL and their scheduling, right? So the Browns and the Texans this weekend. I mean, I'm surprised they're not putting it in prime time. But yes, there's some interesting stuff about that. We'll get to that coming up. We're also going to uh, talk about the World Cup at the top of there. Lou Holder's going to join us and break it down with us. Uh, why does everybody hate the United States soccer coach so much? Or at least Twitter soccer hates him. We'll get to all that coming up. It is uh, overtime. Scott Jackson with you here. 106.7 The Fan streaming live on the free Odyssey app. All right, it's overtime here on uh, 106.7 The Fan streaming live Always on the free Odyssey app. Scott Jackson with you. We'll be here until like 940-something, rather, uh, before we hand it over to Ben Raby with the pregame for the Caps and the Canucks tonight here on your home of Capitals Hockey, 106.7 The Fan. As I mentioned before, 9 o'clock, Lou Holder will join us to talk about the uh, U.S. World Cup victory today. And Greg Berhalter, uh, I don't know, is it just angry Twitter soccer (laughs) that doesn't like him, or is it... Uh, uh, you know, is it is it others too? So we'll we'll get that from Lou because it just feels like when you're on on this the bird platform during these games. I mean, just every little freaking thing sets people off about the coach or the subbing and you know this that and the other. Anyway, so we'll find out. I mean, look, they used to rip Jill Ellis and she lost one freaking game. I mean, her whole career, I think. I mean, so I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> our soccer Twitter is hyper <laughs> hypersensitive or hypercritical. Yeah, you think that you think these DC people are tough on the commanders? Huh? Anyway, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to a little bit of this stuff this weekend um, beyond the commanders with the NFL. Talked about the uh, commanders game with obviously the um, Giants coming up on Sunday, but this is also the return of Deshaun Watson this weekend. And and if you remember. Um, when they decided this, again, did nobody with any freaking common sense in this league said, you know, maybe not a good idea to allow him to come back and, and face Houston. Maybe not such a great idea. But here we are. So he'll get to make his regular season debut Sunday in Houston at the 11-game suspension. Of course, allegations of more than 20 instances, easy for me to say, of sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions. Uh, all the cases have been resolved out of court. Um, some of the accusers are not completely ready to move on, according to a story in the Associated Press. About 10 of the women that are represented by Tony Busby will attend the game between the Browns and Texans this weekend. According to Tony Busby, the goal is to make a statement. We're still here. We matter. Our voices, um, our voice was heard, and this is not something that's over. Uh, it happens every day in the United States. Talking about sexual harassment. Um, all but one of the lawsuits filed by Busby have been settled. Another was filed by a different lawyer in 2022, according to ProFootballTalk.com. Watson has not met with reporters this week. He'll probably have to do that tomorrow. Um, and again, he's not really done the best PR job, and I understand why in some cases about this. Because you know, you, if you admit to wrongdoing, even though you said you're not guilty, then it comes off like you're admitting you got away with it. So there's, it's a little tricky, right? It's slippery. But I, I think for for a lot of um, 
people watching from the outside, he has not come off as the most, um, you know, he has not come off like a guy that understands the gravity of it all or, you know, what, what happened here and what his responsibility was. I think that's a real problem uh, for, you know, the people that are going to be critical of him. But to just the football side of it, to get down to that with him coming back this week, this guy's not played football much at all in the last couple seasons. I mean, it's been a while since we've really, really, really seen Deshaun Watson in a football game, in a meaningful football game. So I'm in the preseason, and that was not very good. Um, it was not a good preseason performances from him. But in terms of him, I mean, it's been a couple seasons. And, I, you know, he's super talented. Um, there was a real awkward discussion for a while around here about how interested this team should have been or should not have been in him. You know, he hasn't played since 2020. Team was terrible. They were 4-12. and He had a great statistical season. He threw for almost 4,000 yards – or 5,000 yards, excuse me. 33 TDs and 7 picks. But, I mean, again, that's over two years ago now, the last time he stepped on a field. It will be interesting to see how he does. It really will. Um, from a football standpoint, I mean, a lot of people are going to have to, like, you know, you know, don't want to see this. They don't. They don't even want to think about, you know – this guy's going to get to move forward and all these things, but he is. I mean, this is – he's settled. He's got no criminal stuff in front of him right now. He's going to, you know, get back to football, whether you like it or not. And the, the part that's really weird about all this thing, all this stuff, is is the fact that the Browns gave him a fully guaranteed contract, which is just amazing. I mean, the guy should have had zero leverage uh, in that regard, but yet the Browns, you know, being the Browns, I guess – uh, decided, no, 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 we're going to give him a fully guaranteed contract. So he really didn't lose much of anything missing those 11 games in terms of finances. And I think that's the other thing that's got got under some people's skin that have watched this thing. That, that doesn't seem right, doesn't seem fitting, but that's what it is. And we'll see. I mean, they're, they're going to take a lot of crap on the road, that's for sure. I mean, I'm thinking, I, I remember looking at this at the beginning of the season. Obviously, they're coming here to play uh, the Commanders in Week 16, right? Yeah, Week 16. But the Browns, they've got some other road games that they'll have to play with Deshaun Watson, and it's not going to be pretty. I mean, the Texans thing this weekend, I mean, as we saw a few weeks ago, I don't even know if any there are such thing as Texan fans anymore that go to the games, but they've got to go to Cincinnati still, um, Pittsburgh, and here, Washington. So we, I know the two division teams are not going to be very kind to them. I know that for sure. That's not going to be pretty. Be uh, interested to see what the crowd does here. I mean, we we I, I kind of earmarked this past weekend against the Falcons as the last true FedEx Field home game because so there is a lot of Browns fans um, everywhere you go. So I think there'll be a pretty good amount of them at this stadium. You know, when when that game comes, and I also think obviously the Giants, especially if they're still in it, they're definitely going to be. Their fans always show up to games at FedEx and. Obviously, the Cowboys as well in that last weekend, the last game of the season, whether it means anything or not, they'll, they'll show up. Hell, I see guys wearing Cowboys gear at games now when the Cowboys aren't even here. Weirdest damn thing I've ever seen. I mean, they literally come to games with Cowboys stuff on, and, like, the Cowboys aren't there, and you're like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah, I got my Cowboys gear on. Yeah, they're not here. They're on TV right now, but I'm still here. It's really weird. Now, this weekend wasn't that case, but I've been, I mean, I've seen these Cowboys fans walking around FedEx while a Cowboys game is being played, you know, they could be watching on TV. They probably can't afford an NFL ticket, but, you know, they can afford tickets, I guess, to an NFL game with their team's not involved in them. It's kind of weird. Kind of strange. But that's how they roll, you know. You know them. They're, they're all over. 
They're all over. They're, they're your neighbors. They're your coworker. I mean, they're all over, man. You cannot shake them. They're everywhere. Give them that. They got numbers. Definitely have numbers. But anyway, the uh, the Watson stuff. It's it's not going to be pretty. I, I again curious to see how he plays. They actually, you know, haven't been as terrible as I thought they could be on offense at times. I mean, there have been games they've actually looked very good. Uh, it's been a weird kind of season for them, you know. But four and seven, they're they're probably out of it. I mean, they're probably out of it at this point. In the AFC, I don't I don't think there's. You really got to get on a heater uh, to get back into it at this point. I mean, you know, you're talking like three plus games behind the Jets being the last team who already beat you on your home field. You know, when you when you threw up all of yourself in that game. So, yeah, it would be pretty pretty dang difficult for them to get back in. I mean, the only they get some tiebreakers going for them. But I mean, Nick Chubb has really been the focal point of their offense as he should be with Watson out. I mean, I would imagine. With him coming back, they're going to try to throw it a little bit more. They're going to want to, you know, hey, spend all this money, spend all this draft stock, your draft capital. But it's going to take him some time to get some rhythm, I would think. So, and they just come off a good win. I mean, they beat the Bucks. I mean, that was a good win for them. And now you're going to change the quarterback up. I mean, Brissett, you know, he's got a shortcoming, so he's a very good backup. And, you know, there was some good ga- He played some good games for them, too. I'll be interested to see how this works. Could be a uh, could be a bad chemistry experiment. We'll see. I mean, this almost feels like one of these things where you'd almost need to table it till next season. Like they would have done them a better solid by just giving them the whole year instead of trying to throw them in the middle of this thing and uh, bringing in the attention he's going to bring in the negative variety, if you will. All right, we'll get to Lou Holder coming up. Talk uh, World Cup win today. Whether or not the United States is a prayer against the Netherlands. And uh, also talk a little Commanders with Lou as well. It is it is um, overtime. Scott Jackson with you here. Don't forget Caps Hockey in about 50 minutes from now here on 106.7 The Fan, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 